to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed it is, indeed it is. Oh, welcome one and all to the one, the only home of the... Protonic reversal. We welcome you to it. Oh, oh, we can say, oh yeah? Oh uh, yeah. No, I, just, I said, oh hoy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And of course, today we have Mr. Craig Wedren. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good indeed. Of course, Craig is known for many things, but probably known to most uh, by the excellent Shudder to Think. Mainly I'm known for um, my seventh grade band, The Immoral Minority, which is the, the, the east side of Cleveland's number one all-cover all party band. <laughs> it's the uh, Immoral Minority? The Immoral Minority. Uh, like 83, yeah, about 82, 83. Fantastic. We all know that. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Just to, like, orient people, just to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Okay, cool. Right, exactly. We're, we're, I mean, we're talking about people on the street here, like, when they recognize you. Get into some, like, esoteric stuff, like Glow or, you know, New Amsterdam or, like, School of Rock, but that's a little bit niche and obscure. I'm going to, like, make sure everybody knows <laughs> Absolutely. I believe yeah. it. Uh, Craig, it's great to have you on. Thank you so much. I know that you have a lot of things going on. You were recently suggested as a guest and consequently booked on the show through mutual friend Jared Hand from Color TV in the loin. Can you disclose? Uh, I don't know what you can disclose. I can disclose anything. Okay. There are no secrets. Not just what punk rock band people know you from Cleveland, uh, right? No, definitely. <laughs> I mean, are we talk- we're talking about what I'm doing with Jared. Jared. I'm just really I'm just really bringing it to like a, a, a surprise boil for the audience. So what we're doing is, well, throughout the 90s, and I think it started maybe even back in 92 when Shudder to Think. And that's my band, Shudder to Think. Yeah, it's my band. I mean, it's the band of my heart when I say it's my band. So basically, when, uh, in the early 90s, I think we were on tour with Bugazi, and I feel like Guy Pichotto, if that's how you pronounce his last name, pronounce his last name correctly. You know, I've never actually heard anybody speak it aloud, though. Pichotto. I mean, I guess I I guess I could have asked Brendan Canty when he was on the show. Missed that opportunity. He, I'm sure he, Brendan doesn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, you were saying? Oh, yeah. That's where you're at. <laughs> I, I, I think it was gay, but I could be wrong, because who knows about memories, just particularly from that era. Turned me on to this Polaroid camera that was, you know, the new, fancy, mm-hmm. you know, pl- pl- looked like a cross between a spaceship and a tennis shoe, called the Polaroid Spectra camera. 
kind of clunky and big and a little garbagey um, to, to look at and touch, uh, like not so classy. But you could trick it into taking as many exposures as you wanted before it would spit out the the print. Like some some Polaroids and some cameras you can do two exposures or whatever, but it was just a little glitch. So you could sort of keep it inside of the thing and just keep tricking it with timers that it would constantly be taking more and more pictures and absorbing more and more light until um, you wanted to spit it out, which made for these incredibly dreamlike, trippy, psychedelic Polaroid pictures, which as they're developing, as with all Polaroid pictures, you can like scribble on them and, and manipulate them while they're developing, which creates these really interesting and sometimes just disastrously ugly, messy look you know, m- miniature canvases. And that's kind of part of the fun, the, the the glorious disaster of it. You know, that looks like a crazy painting or something because the exposure was weird. Yeah, it's- exactly. I mean, it's sort of the it's sort of the visual equivalent of, you know, what I picture like Bowie and Eno in a studio with these new synthesizers that they had no idea what to do with and you just sort of twist the knobs and embarrass yourselves until something beautiful comes out. <laughs> right. And And which is still like today my kind of MO in making things in fact i get i get paid to make ugly can i swear yes it's uh it's a little late now but yes <laughs> i get paid to make grody ugly shit until something pretty comes out and then that's the thing that gets shown on tv um <laughs> so so basically he gave me this camera it was like one of those pieces of gear that immediately felt like a like a like a limb that i didn't realize was missing sort of that connected my brain to my heart to my uh, dreams. And I started taking Polaroids for about, I don't know, 12 or even 15 years until they, the Polaroids stopped making the film. And it was my constant companion on tour, at home, at parties, with friends, holidays, family, and so thousands and thousands of photos. I've been looking for a gallery or, I don't know, a, a publishing company, just like some, the, the, the right venue to, to show these, these pictures. And a guy, a mutual friend of Jared's who sometimes helps, I guess, with, uh, what do you call it, with, with like, exhibits. At, at curator? Yeah, oh, like... Yeah, curator. Thank you. Dang Thank it. you for the words. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I do a lot of, like, talking around the really obvious words that no longer come to my brain. <laughs> Spoon. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and so, um, and so, he basically got in touch and was like, "Hey, you want to do a? Do you do you have? Do you work in any other media other than music?" And I said, "Yeah, it just so happens that I have all these photos. I've been looking for the right time and place and people to um, to exhibit, and right. so it all worked out. So that we're doing it finally in March, and it's called My Nineties." because most of them were taken in the 90s, and it feels visual analog to my lyrics and a lot of the music I make. Yeah, you know, kind of like um, psychedelic taffy pole. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. That does kind of reserve an image. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so that's what it is. So my 90s in March at The Loin in San Francisco. The Loin, a uh, wonderful... <laughs> kind of paragon of, of weirdness still alive in the in the tenderloin in San Francisco, where yeah. even the hemlock unfortunately has fallen to the uh, to the forces of dot comery and uh, general mediocrity. Dot comery, I like it. I'm going to use that for a lot of things. <laughs> it's, it's yours, man. It's yours. Yeah. 
and, and then you have uh yeah so you, there's there there's going to be the showing coming up there's uh we can talk about the book right so that that's going to be springish uh the my 90s book yeah so the shows in march so we'll have books for the show fantastic that mm-hmm. that's awesome and that's going to be available like through your through your better internets, or uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We haven't figured out like exactly where, but you know, the the you know so, some kind of uh, some kind of adolescent.com or I imagine will be a place <laughs> so that you can get your my nineties book. That's nice, very nice. Yeah. So was that like something that was uh, was that difficult, or uh, uh, to uh, like, put book, all that the together? Book, yeah, the book part, or, yeah, but it was it was thrilling though because you know I got to I basically have had these photos and storage for the last, I don't know, when did they stop making it, like, probably 10 or 12 years, and, um, and I got to take them down and, like, spread them out and figure out what I loved, and, I don't know, it was sort of like walking, it was like walking through a funhouse memory parlor, and, um, you know, I decided it was my 90s, it was the 90s, so I'll try and limit it to, like, somewhere between 90 and 100 pictures, and, and that was a tricky process, but very satisfying, I mean, it, it was, um, you know, there were no pressing deadlines, and I and I got to just kind of like, you know, bathe, bathe, bathe in the in the in this trove of, of memory um, and uh... yeah, exactly. It was like a little haunted, like in the best way, a, a little haunted house. And so, uh, <laughs> so I so I enjoyed it. Putting the book together is a little trickier, just you know, figuring out the the sequence of things. But it's, it's not that it's tricky; it's just that I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're not you're not coming off like a lazy man. Just 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 so we're clear. You're, you're oh, coming... oh, I do a lot of stuff halfway. Okay. Like don't get, don't even think. <laughs> <laughs> Anything worth doing uh, half-assedly is worth doing whole-assedly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but the, with the whole in your half of it. So, I mean, as far as you know, that is a medium, and and kind of what was it more of of just letting the river flow kind of situation when you yeah, chose to do? Absolutely. I mean, I still, I, I was always, um, I was, I always did a lot of visual arts growing up and from pretty young age, I cottoned on to photography and I loved it. And, you know, my stepfather gave me this little, um, Canon 81 when I was a teenager and I always had that with me. Um, I remember when I was in high school in DC, my first period class was photography, which is the best. I would just wake up, I would go to school, it was in the basement, in a dark room. <laughs> it was right. like it was like getting to sort of continue sleeping. It was a perfect transition. Nice. And um into the day. And uh, I don't know, then I guess when music kinda of took over or when Shutter Sync took over, I mean music was always my number one thing. <clears throat> but when when that became a career you know, it's for digital cameras, and I wasn't really going to carry a major 35mm on tour with me. So, <laughs> right. when, I, I mean, some people do, I, it just wasn't, it just wasn't my trip. And I was never, I was never a super gear guy, like a lot of my friends were really into their life at cameras, or into, I don't know, their, whatever, whatever they were called, whatever other, like, tra- not trendy, but like, classic. The name brands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So I I, I was never a big gearhead like that. So I was just super happy when when the um, when the when the Spectra camera fell in my lap because it was super. It was was very portable. It fit in my bag. 
Um, there were only eight or maybe even ten shots per, um, per roll. And so it's so fascinating to think about because, you know, we have our cameras, the phones and our cameras are getting better and better and better. Um, it's becoming harder to distinguish between someone with a truly great instinctual eye and to somebody, you know, who knows how to use their phone. Right, right, yeah. And that, and that's certainly something that uh, has, has become, as you mentioned, even more so these days, that it's, you know, anyone can be like a world-class photographer as long as you have the eye, since you, everyone's got a world-class gear just floating around. With yeah, them, I, I mean, it, you know, one could argue that, that it's, a, it's sort of analog or, or parallel to music. There's so much um, great sounding um, default gear that you get when you get an iPad or when you get a, a Mac or whatever, that it's very easy to make music that sounds great and sounds professional. Yes. Does that mean it's great music? Sometimes. Sometimes not. It can be, It can be. And I think it's the same thing with, um, with photos. So, you know, this was for all that and even for digital cameras. So, it was really nice to um, have this kind of um, consideration, I guess, where I knew I only had 10 pictures, and so I was keenly attuned to, quote-unquote, the moment. Yeah, right. You know, if I would yes. see something or um, be almost, it's almost a physical sensation, be like, move, move, literally or figuratively, to... Um, that and uh, and so it's really cool, like going back and looking at all this. Now, I mean, I do the same thing. You know, I have my phone. I take like eighty-five pictures of the same thing. I'm like, oh, one of these is really cool. <laughs> it's quantity over quality, you know, right? I mean, you just think, oh, one of these got to be good. Has yeah, to be. one of these got to be good, and then I never looked at any of the eighty-five again. Yeah, right. And um, so it was, it was it was it was really cool. You know, going back into that little sandbox and remembering um, how how I used to do it. Yeah, and it's it's something that I think that the actual art of making memory is sort of processed differently now. And, and when you have to, when you don't have a choice but to sort of like be in the moment, I think it kind of uh, you get some context. You know, coming back to something years down the line or whatever that uh, you can get something different out of where, whereas it's going to be interesting to see what you've got again the almost like the buckshot syndrome of just <laughs> like you know I don't even, that's a good picture I don't even remember taking it you know yeah. when did that yeah. happen <laughs> yeah totally, totally. <laughs> which I, it happens relatively often for me unfortunately I'm going to say but, uh, so but, but yeah I mean, there, there's something there's something going back and uh, looking back stuff. there's something almost you know like monumental or totemic about it I mean not monumental it's like a this is monumentally awesome, but it's just like literally, it's just there's something more formal feeling about it, which is right, which is cool. But but I do think that there's so much gear out there and so many apps out there right now that allow people to be much more um, spontaneously creative and creative in a multimedia way. I mean, I'm not uh, by no means by this uh, uh, dissing the sort of new crop of creative tools. It's just, um, it's a sort of different muscle. Right, right. Well, of course. It, it, it is different because you're, uh, like, the, the act of composition itself is, uh, 
<laughs> wildly different with with the different kinds of tools. Like you like you're saying you're explaining these cameras that for lack of a better term, you had to kind of get up to speed on uh, to be able yeah, to use. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, rather than just, uh, there's a button that looks like a camera here, I push it here, and I push this other thing, and there you go. Off we go. Exactly. Yeah. Looks great. Looks like everything else that comes across my screen. So right, great. exactly. <laughs> back, 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 lit, back, lit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and there's definitely uh, the uh, color corrected, right. uh, made exactly. to actually look like an older camera. <laughs> right. Just, just often. Guilty, as charged, well, by the way. But there's definitely no, a connection. Just, oh, go ahead. I just made a video with them, with my friend Mike Jam, and we did the entire video in our phones, except, except when he put it on his desktop to film it on his phone. <laughs> that's incredible! Wow, I love it. Yeah, that's uh, it's, oh my god, that's like the story of our modern age in a, I know, in a I single know. sentence right there. It's incredible. It's we were like, we were like, we're like, hey, let's make a video. Okay, cool. What do you want to do? I don't know. How about this? And I like sent him some ideas, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna take those and tweak them." And, and, and then he was just it. We were just like hanging out, essentially in our respective backyards and a toilet, like <laughs> making, a, making, a, <laughs> making a music video on it, and it's really cool. Well, and, and that's something that uh, you know that that's not to be discounted. Obviously, that's a fantastic no. thing. But uh, can yep. you? I mean, can you imagine? Okay, so let's let's take for instance when you when you guys did the. Um, I felt that the X-French t-shirt video was incredibly iconic, because first of all, you have this kind of very bizarre song that um, takes this crazy left turn, doesn't really sound like anything else, but just like mm-hmm. this stark visual almost looked like, to me, like like a short like a short film or something, like something you'd, you'd see, like, like Tetsu the Iron Man or something, or Down by Law, that's a weird combination of movies, I'm sorry. That, but, I mean, that's great, that's my, <laughs> you just described my favorite movie, but no roommate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and because of that, it's it's so visually arresting because there were so many things at the time that were kind of going to this sort of uniformity. Uh, you know, it took about like a year for the for the Borg to sort of learn the tricks of how to make a yeah. quote unquote alternative video, and it just yeah. looked nothing like any of that, like none of That's it. That's so cool. Here, thank you. And and because <laughs> it was incredible, like I said, it was visually arresting, and I think that that's fantastic because. You know, gosh, I mean, talk about getting people's attention now, right? Back then, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was not, it was just different problems. It wasn't the same problems. Uh, but the visuals of it just were so important to the story of what that, uh, of how people kind of found, some people, myself, yeah. right? I'm only speaking for myself yeah. here. Me as well. Found out about the band. And, and just knowing that, like, having that initial pop of, Oh, this is something different. Mm-hmm. Is uh, you know, that's that's amazing. So how much? So how much of that was kind of planning things out, and how much of it was something where you just sort of like, oh, that turned out nice. Well, um, uh, uh, who directed that video? It was um, oh my god, I'm sitting here and I'm really embarrassed. He did such a beautiful job. It wasn't Mitten Bodicool. He was a, uh, it was a, uh, it'll come to. It. Anyway, um. It, it, it was a collaboration, as I recall. I mean, everything we did in Shutter to Think, it, it was, um, it was just, it was just kind of part of the fabric, um, or the mission statement that it, that we really not waste our or other 
people's time doing things that have been done already. Um, that, you know, we happen to be a band that could do something, uh, unique. And at least as far as I was concerned, and to greater or lesser degree, other members of the band, um, agree. <laughs> and sometimes just me. That, um. Hey, we're talking to you, not to them. Let's not worry about Yeah, right. Thing. No, no. I mean, we were, we were very much, <laughs> a, a gang all on the same page. But, um, it was, it just seemed like, at least what I got from Punk, um, had something to do with, uh, authenticity of voice, I guess. Sure. And, um, with not adding just not adding crap to the crap heap, you know, just not adding more noise for noise sake, not doing it um, just to, you know, be fuck around kids, but to really try and try and, make, try, try and offer, try and share something beautiful, basically, right? right? And so, and I still feel that way every day, every time I get up to make music, it's like, wait, like, I, I believe I can make something beautiful and unique and, and sometimes strange. So why not do that? Isn't it isn't it sort of like uh I don't know. It almost feels like not to get too heady or, you know, quasi religious, so I don't mean it that way, but but you know, <laughs> as long as you keep it, keep it, it quasi, buddy, keep it quasi. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it, it feels it feels almost like that would be the closest thing to a sin I can think of. Mm. It's like squandering the opportunity in one's lifetime to like contribute something meaningful and and unique, not just weird for weird sake, but like you know, here's something that only we core do together and make. So love it or hate it, what do you think? Here it is. We think it's awesome. And so um, when we made the X Trench video, and you know. Probably most of our other videos, and certainly all of our songs, um, I think that that was part of the conversation, maybe much to the label's chagrin. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're not necessarily looking for uh, unique and, and beautiful. It's more like, hey, yeah. let's going to move some units here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the same time, at the same time Martin Goldstone, who, who signed us Fabric Records from Discord, um, he signed us based on the Pony Express material. So he knew what he was getting. So you heard the, heard the songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I think, I think we made that video. It was like, no, let's, let's play to our strength, which is like, um, left field. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We were, we were, we were, we were left fielders. And <laughs> so we made that video. And who knows, in retrospect, could we have, like, tricked more people into our, <laughs> sometimes I wonder, <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if we couldn't have tricked more people into our weird little cult. Um, right. If we had chilled out on the visuals. <laughs> not just for X-Trench. Not just for X-Trench, right. but like, you know, in terms of like what I like to wear and, you know, our general sort of flamboyance and kind of sticking it to the fat boys and heteros in the audience. You know, yeah. such a like conservative hetero time. There was a lot of Oh yeah, well, take this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was my thought of the particularly. I mean, it's it's through all four of the video. Or, well, I think there are four videos, but the video for "So Into You" is just like mm-hmm. concentrate on these beautiful men's bodies for the entire oh song. 
It's, it's so great. Dude, that video, that was the, that was the end cut of that video. The cut, <laughs> the cut that oh, I man. love. All right. <laughs> I mean, not in. It wasn't anything like overt. Yeah. But the cut that I love, um, our A&R guy pulled me aside. He was like, listen, um, we can't show this video because much too gay. <laughs> and, and I and I remember so I was I was at the Sony office and I remember I burst into tears because to me, whatever that video was and I I didn't think it was gay at all. It was just like to me it was like classic it was classic performances in the like right. you know, but it was more in the eighties style of performances like Prince or yeah, sure, George, sure, George Michael or, you know Well yeah, where where so there's an element of, of kind of uh, uh, like it, it was sexy but it wasn't necessarily exploitably so or if it wasn't no, it was a exactly. choice of exploitation yeah exactly and um, and now no, it, nobody would think twice in the 80s nobody would think twice in the 90s it was very very rigid and so um, when I remember I burst in the chair and felt so bad and he like took me out for a drink or dinner or something and, you know and then and then we made a, a, a <laughs> you can believe it that's the macho version. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> well, and also, I just want to, you know, kind of reiterate that, that you know, uh, as someone that, you know, speaking as someone that, for a time period anyway, wanted to do cinematographer, cinematography yeah. for a living, like it caught the eye. It was sort of like, whoa, what's this? This is, yeah. this, is this is definitely different. Well, I mean, what, what, are you talking about X-Men? No, no. So, I mean, all, all of the videos had a very, had very much a, had a very similar-ish kind of feel in the fact that it, it, it took you into the moment of what was happening in the video rather than just being, yeah. I'm watching the TV right now. Right. And, that's so cool. That's, that's really, really cool to hear you say because I don't know about you, but I frequently look or listen back to things I've done in, you know, previous versions. Of self and and like, I mean, I I I, I turn red. I start sweating. I <laughs> I I have to leave the room. Other people seem to love it, but I can't tell if they're right. laughing with or at. Um, so it's really nice to hear that it was, uh, you know, that it that it hooked you. Absolutely. Well, and it's cool. something, yeah. Where you know, what's the what's the demo saying? Pioneers that got scalped. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. <laughs> gonna get you like large. Large sums of money in, in a yacht yeah. or whatever. Right. Right. But uh, it, in my case, it did. But uh, the rest of the band <laughs> are, are, are in like you know. Yeah, they, they live in cardboard boxes, but, the, yeah. but I'm I'm all right. Yeah, those those yeah, guys. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm living in a yacht, but it's, <laughs> right, it's right. not it's not my yacht, and I I pretty much squat. It's a yacht. <laughs> <much squat>, so. <laughs> uh, so but the and you mentioned you know, a lot of those songs you've been playing those out uh, live for for a while before you recorded. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that is a record that, as a record, when you start off, it just kind of doom, like you know, immediately hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, and that's something. I mean, was that something where you were like, "Hey, we're gonna make a, a statement to kind of like just come in, like here we are, you know, yep. this, yep. this this is it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're not gonna like soft sell it to you." Nope. <laughs> They're just like, this is material, this is what we're doing, this is what we're into. You know, we have more money than we'd ever had before on Discord. Like on Discord, 
I don't know, maybe has like four or five thousand bucks to make a record in as many days. Not four or five thousand, but four right. or five. Right, right. And, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> we only have four thousand dollars, but you have four thousand days. Hey. <laughs> so, wow. That would that'd be some, that'd be uh, the Chinese democracy story, I think. <laughs> exactly. Hey everybody. Hey. Yeah. Um anyway, four thousand so, days. <laughs> so yeah, so so it's uh I lost my kind of Ah, sorry, sorry. People, I, I, <laughs> no, I can I can hear the hate mail already. <laughs> no, 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 I remember. I remember. I remember. We were talking about money stuff. And so, no, we were on Discord when we wrote about that material, and then we suddenly had more money and more time, and we wanted to do it right, and we wanted it to be a you know, you know, a professional operation. And you know, like in retrospect, it 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 could be a little a little looser. It could breathe a little more, but it's fine. It had this like ice. Clarity to it, which we yes. really, really love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, and, and you know, people that knew you guys obviously there would be the Discord single with Ted Licker and Room Nine, but then to actually kick off what's going to be people's main introduction to you with Hit Licker is is it's a bold it's a statement. statement. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that was just hilarious. When like the label, they were like, well. We're gonna leave it off the tip maker. <laughs> like what? <laughs> really? Gonna, you are. <laughs> wait, you're gonna, you're gonna what? <laughs> wow. I mean, not that, not that there were that many other options. It was sort of like they knew they didn't want to leave with that expense because they wanted to build up that expense. Yeah, yeah. You know, clearly that's the um, yummy, yummy, yummy of honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's gotta go on the hit single slot. Yeah. What an yeah. analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like Cindy was pretty much the only other option for something. And like, I don't know, maybe it's there to remember the parents listening to this stuff. And, uh, you know, because it was a cover of Atlanta with Inspection. Right. So, so we were sort of, you know, I, I, I feel for the, um, I feel for the record label in that moment trying to figure out how to how do make you, that. Yeah, how do you even sequence it? Because it, yeah. it's such a, it's a wild sounding record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just sound wise, but like material wise, like it's all it's you know, it's up down, it's all over the place. Yeah, it doesn't follow it's like any any kind of normal yeah, map. Totally, it's completely idiosyncratic. I mean, wonderfully so. I I love it. Um, I mean, to me, it's still like the most personal material. Like that, you get your goat, probably. Sure, uh, right, you know, right. I love all I love all the shutters and stuff. They're they're all different. I I I love them all. But but get your goat and plenty of special records were the the truest sort of like where. I personally was at. Yeah, and and that's something where I mean, how did you feel that, like, as the records go, do you feel that they each got at least the chance to find their audience, or is it something where you think that? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, there are really interesting sort of niche cults for each Shutter to Think record, and they're often different three different camps. There and and the most interesting one to me is like the fifty thousand BC cult. Like there are people oh, okay. who absolutely love fifty thousand BC. I, I love fifty thousand BC, but it, you know, it was, it was a it was a transitional in retrospect had we continued, I think it would have proved to have been a sort of transitional record, you know, sort of figuring out where we were going next. Sure. Um, right, right, of course. You know, sort of towards film soundtracks and towards pop music and also, you know, who, who, who knows, like, what was going on. There, there was just a whole lot of, um, 
there were a whole lot of like you know jelly beans in that bucket. But there are some people who just love that record. I think because of the sort of collisions that are happening on it, like it's it's a singular. You yeah. know, like the, our other records are so sort of razor focused, at least like like aesthetically. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure, sure. Even that if makes not, sense. Even, yeah. yeah, even if not even if they're not production wise, one side like, you know, okay, this is this is our statement for this year and and um two thousand BC it was a very honest statement for that year. It was like we are coming apart of the scene but like so vitally important to us to make something awesome, you know? Right, and, so, and not, not having lost that sort of eye of the tiger, for lack of a better term. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Just to embody the cliche, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know. yeah. totally. No, no, we were going for it. And, you know, that was also after Epic, after when Express Records didn't quite hit, they were like, listen, you know, we, we, need, we need something we can push the radio. Like, we need... We need a hey song, or we need pop songs, or not pop songs, because it wasn't pop then, it was different than pop now. Right, yeah, but, I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> like a like a, a Kanye jam, necessarily, or a, uh, well, actually, maybe. Oh, it might. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, what a terrible that's example. A pretty, that's a pretty fair, you know, that's a pretty fair <laughs> thing. Um, no, it was like, I I'll take my answer off the air. Like, <laughs> what's that? Oh, I said, I'll take my answer off the air. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Um. <laughs> I remember having a meeting at the label, and they were like, listen, guys, we need, we need a hit. They were like, we need a single, I think was the thing. They were like, okay, I can't believe we're in this chapter of, or like, in this montage, in this part of the in this part of the biopic, where they need a single. And the second like, act of behind the music there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're like, okay, so like, what's a single? Like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know, I remember who like, said it. It was not our A and R guy, so yeah. So like, you know, like like Jim Boston. And we were like Ugh. And so we were like <laughs> No, no, hey. You know, we were just basically like, Oh shit, this is not gonna work out. This is totally <laughs> So that was that was the moment that you knew that it was kinda like oh, Well, I mean it was but, but it was funny. It was like honestly, I said to our A and R guy, I was like, dude, I would rather make a bubble gum record. Like straight up like sugar sugar then water down our vision. Like, like I'm water, happy water. to do like I'm happy to do like any kind of assignment because that's like wonderful to me. So I was already doing like Nathan and I and Charter Tank was always uh, already starting to do like film test that. Yeah. And yeah. that's basically what that is. Like a very specific uh, um okay, yeah, uh, yeah. assignment. You're like we need a country song. We need this to be a romantic a romantic comedy, you know? Right. Whatever it is. And that's really fun. I mean, it's like character acting with music. Um, but it was so anathema to what we had always been as a band. Um, and so we made 50,000 DC, which felt like both, you know? We're like, yeah, this is Shutter the Things record. And we're trying to figure out how to be Shutter the Things and also, like, um, you know, write what we think of as like what we would like to hear on the radio. Yeah. Right, right. And, and that's something that you'd like to think that it, more bands would do that. 
<laughs> and then do it that way, but you would probably be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, like, like going back, I sometimes listen to Celebrity Skin, you know, the whole record oh, after yeah. it. And, like, the first handful of songs I've heard are so amazing. And, like, that's a pop record. It's just a heavy pop record. And I don't know if that did so well either. But when I listen to that record, I'm like, yeah, kind of 50,000 BC sort of exists alongside something like Celebrity Skin. But, you know, it was a sort of alternate universe. I mean, we always existed in a kind of, you know, on a parallel planet where it's like, well, this is a hit on Planet Shutter. Yeah, this, this, yeah. this is this is big radio on Neptune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all hits, like, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing but <laughs> every album is single topic. Yeah, and, and, so the, and that's something where it was very clear from an outside perspective that yours was a band that you know whether or not you understood the vision uh, there was a vision <laughs> for sure <laughs> like, whether or not whether or not we understood the vision in retrospect we're like well <laughs> we were on we were on some tip <laughs> you know right right we were, we, were, we were doing some and we were always doing what we 100% agreed was the right thing like we, we were all on the we were all always on the same page and Till 50,000 BC, and I think what you're hearing on 50,000 BC is like us, like starting to disagree with each other, which is interesting. Mm, kind of almost yeah. in real time, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, and that that can you know that isn't necessarily something that's going to be destructive. Like in some cases, no, that, 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 that can kind of. It, it's just, it's only sad when it leads to the demise of great man. <laughs> Sometimes it can be like a different kind of tension. All right, all right, Shelley. Uh, God, I was, I was, I, I've been thinking about and listening to that record so much in the last week. Yeah, I um, it's such a good record. It was like my jam when I was 16 years old, and I put it on, and I was like, oh shit, it's like still. And, and it is, it, it, it's true. You hear every, you hear everybody's personality in that sort of almost like, um, you know, uh, almost thumbing their noses at each other, but it, it makes for such a great, um, a, you know, a different kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, yeah, one of the most aptly named yeah. <laughs> yeah. records for sure, because it, it's, yeah. it absolutely has a, it, it has that weird, almost, almost claustrophobic feeling, but it's expansive at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and the production is beautiful, and the guitar tones are great. Doesn't sound like a punk record at all. Like it's it's no, it's it's just a weird, crazy sounding record. But it's yeah, it's I, still I, I, yeah. I totally agree. I was looking to it. I was like, oh, maybe I want to start a band that like basically is this record. A different kind of tension, <laughs> the band. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you can do yeah, worse, man. You can totally do worse. Oh my god. So, uh, when you're talking about you know, and, and and you guys played live a lot, and it wasn't when you're a band like Sugar to Think, you're not necessarily going to even be able to play with bands that sound like you guys. So yeah. you probably end up on a lot of different bills. I mean, obviously, it's always it's always great to play with your friends and, and whatnot, and you, you mm-hmm. came from a very strong scene. But what do you think was the most ill-fitting bill <laughs> that, that you ended up on? That is hilarious. Um, ill-fitting, well, or surprising. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the bill, huh, I mean, we must have played some weird ass shows, but 
I, I wish my memory was better. It's not great. I mean, like, I wouldn't say it was insane musically, but audience-wise, the, the audience-wise, Foo Fighters fans were very, um, it was like the first Foo Fighters first that was like the, the, it was kind of like the frattiest of the, Right. Um, Nirvana fans, because yeah. Foo Fighters hadn't really put anything out yet, and they hadn't, they hadn't quite established themselves yet. And, um, that was really, um, challenging. It was fun, like hilarious, but challenging. Um, I don't know, I just don't remember who we played with. I always felt like, I always felt like we played, for the most part, interesting bills. Like, I get, like Smashing Pumpkins and Shudder to think. I mean, we're different, but it makes a kind of sense. Sure. It's like sure. kaleidoscopic, like almost like grandiosity. Right. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Pavement was an interesting combination, but I didn't care because I love Pavement so much. Sure. You know? Right, 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 right. Um, and no band's going to be able to like for like Pavement, or well, at least not that. What's that? No band could really like for like with pavement. No, of course not. Even if you tried. And I actually think like a lot of bands we played with, the reason it made sense was because they were singular bands. You know, and we were a singular band. And so it was sort of like, I remember our first sort of outside DC tour, which we were super excited about, was um, Daisy Chainsaw, who were just really gnarly. I loved Daisy Chainsaw. What a great band. Yeah. Such a good band. And the guy had the craziest guitar sound, I think. I've, oh, my God. I don't even know like how we got it. I'm not even a, like a guitar tone dude, but holy moly. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like that live. And, um, you know, so it always kind of made sense, like the, the, the weirdos that we played with, even though they were their own brand of weird and we were ours, you know? Well, and so where did you, like, when it comes to, like, was the... Were the live shows more just an expression of you guys playing the songs? Did you have a kind of ideas you wanted to go with? A kind of like, oh, let's do this. I'll do this kind of Freddie Mercury style, or I'll do this. You know, no. I mean, it was it was always um, a sort of uh, uh, an unfurling or a stretching out of um, what the records were. Right. Um, you know, if the record the record like a song on a record would maybe be like a movie still. And the live shows were more like the whole film. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, around, uh, Get Your Goat in particular, but through Funny Stress Tracker, there's a lot of improvisation happening. Um, I was starting to get into vocal looping then, which, right. uh, you know, I mean, loopers were much more limited to like a few seconds or whatever. It was like a delay with a pedal or whatever you had. Um, but, you know, I mean, now, like, I'm about to put out a series of records which are just all live, improvised, choral, um, looping, vocal looping music. Wow. You know? Okay. Which, yeah. Which, it's interesting you brought up a different kind of attention because I'm working on the art, um, for the series with a friend of mine. And there was some elements that was missing that when I saw a different kind, when I looked back at a different kind of attention, you know, it's got that, like, triangle with those three dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I was like, oh, that's missing. That's exactly what's missing. And um, so, I, I, different kind of tension is 
so been on my mind lately, not just musically, but also um, visually. So, yeah, so so those, these vocal looping, I mean, it's almost like meditation music. I mean, the, the okay. pieces go on for 20 minutes or sometimes an hour. It really just depends. People just lie down on the ground and, you know, and drift. Or Zone out. They or, draw, yeah. Or, yeah, or do whatever. Or they, or they draw or they, um, whatever. It's like encouraged that people kind of nap, you know, even. Oh, wow. And okay. so, yeah. Or I, or I do it with friends of mine who are meditation teachers or yoga teachers. Okay. It's very, but it's very much like if you took sort of stuff we were doing and started to think like a rap, you get your goat, like the more experimental side of get your goat. Yeah, right, right. Express record, I'm like stretched it out for an hour, you know? That sounds oh. fantastic. Okay, interesting. So, so, all right, so when you're approaching that, uh, which is, and that's got to be a fascinating way to sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, compose uh, music. Mm-hmm. Is, is it's a wildly different listening experience. So, yeah. uh, do you think about that differently when you're like, arranging it, when you're putting it together? Is it something that just well, I don't, I don't think about it at all. Yeah, there you um, go. and I, I don't um, write or conceive anything beforehand. I just, uh, I just, what, whatever the environment, whatever the situation, and you know, obviously with the the sort of limitations and peculiar qualities of the looping device and of whatever my own like habits and vocal tics and idiosyncrasies are kind of become the, the the framework for it. So it all has a similar feel, you know. Like if you took the experimental and the like smile or pet sound and mixed it with like um, some of the vocal stuff. On ambient one or, or music for air force or something like that. Sure. And, and then, you know, the more experimental shutter think vocal stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of like that, you know, so it's all just me. In a way, it's not, not stylized, but, um, I don't know, theoretically, it's more like free jazz where it's I start something and then I just listen to it and then I build on it and then I just go. I mean, it's, it's more like surfing. Okay. So it's just more of a reaction to what you've just pre- previously. Yeah, done. exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's uh, yeah, that's 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 wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's, it's wild, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really, really, it's it's really cool. People seem to. People seem to really dig it, and I'm, you know, obviously it's like in our in our teens and twenties we wanted to rock out, and right. in in my forties and fifties, like I I want to go. It's no less transcendent, and it's no less sort of internal or ecstatic in a way. Sure, but it's just um, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's sort of deep. Or something. Yeah. So, do you, do you feel like it hits in, in not the same way? But do you hit like different levels of intensity that you would from like a big crazy rock show? But like this is just like kind of hitting different parts of the brain. If, if yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, you know, as it has always been, it's, it's what I would like to hear out there. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um, so, a, I mean, it's always, it's always, you know, with Shutter Think and with my solo stuff. Consciously or not, very early on, 
it just sort of got into my bones that like, well, obviously, like, why do, why, why repeat anything and, or copy anybody? Like, what would I like to be hearing that I'm not hearing? Right. Like, sure. Do that. You know? Yeah. Well, so on that, uh, tell us about the Velvet Goldmine. Like, with, oh yeah, because because uh, that was something where you know, when I when I first when I first saw the movie, I mean, the, I was like, oh, that movie's cool, but oh, the soundtrack is awesome. And like one yeah. like the song specifically, the Maxwell Demon song was one. I was like, oh wow, that's like that is not a David Bowie song, but it kind of hits all the things Bowie would do while being very on its own. And like it sounds like Thank an you. artist that maybe you. Oh, I just found out about the, you know, like, like, let's put it this way. When I found the equivalent of finding Sir Lord Baltimore or something, like, yeah. oh, wow, how did I not know this existed? Yeah. But yeah. for like a yeah. weird glam record. And so, I mean, that's, that had to be a crazy, like, how much did you, did Todd Haynes like tell you like what it was about? Like, did you know how, how, how stringent was the, okay, we need a song for this? Or were you just going, going wild? Like, how did that go? As I recall, Randy Poster, who is the um, the music supervisor, the music supervisor is the person who's in, ter- in charge of um, licensing all the pre-existing songs that you hear in a movie. If there's a Rolling Stone song, the music supervisor most likely, well, certainly negotiated the deal and in most cases suggested it to the director, oh, why don't we put this song here and do this here. Obviously, called the gold mine is very... Um, it's such a musical movie, and Todd is, um, you know, he's, he's like, he's a nerd for that kind of stuff, as were we. Um, but Randy, the music supervisor, is also kind of a visionary music supervisor. He does all of Wes Anderson stuff, he, um, and he does everything. And Kind of an encyclopedic knowledge of the, which is good. Yeah, 100%. And, and very, very much an artist, very much an artist in his own right. Like, he did School of Rock. Um, so he got in touch with us. I think we had done First Love Last Right, which was Jesse Paris's first film. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, of course. Yeah, and Jesse had asked us to create all of these genre songs, um, to, that, that, that made up one of the main characters' like collection of oldies 45. So we did that. Um, Randy, I guess, was a fan of Shutter to Think. Maybe Todd was. I don't know. Maybe Todd had never heard of it. I'm not really sure. But so between Todd and Randy, there was, there was a, a whole vision for the soundtrack on this record. And Randy got in touch and was like, listen, dude, you know, Radiohead doing Roxy music and Grantley Buffalo's doing whatever. And it sounded incredible. And it sounded Foolhardy to me. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Nobody should do Roxy music. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That sounds you know? terrible. Like, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. <Yeah. laughs> it was before, and it was like before, okay, computer, I think. So it was just like, wait, what? Who's doing, who's doing what now? <laughs> like yeah. the, flake, the fake classic Tuesday, I and mean, that's a good song, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did they really make some and, art? Yeah, yeah, we'll see about these guys. <laughs> so, um, so, but he, he, but for us, like, he didn't want us to do covers. He was like, listen, right? He was like, we need a, we need a Bowie song and a, um, and like a Rossi song, sort of like, what was it, like, 
I don't remember what that, I don't, I don't even remember what the direction was. Um, so I was just thinking about all the young dudes, you know? Um, which is like the sort of er, glam song. And, all of that music. I grew up in Cleveland before I moved to DC, and all of that music. Cleveland was such a hardcore music town, and Ian Hunter was like a superhero in DC, and Bruce Springsteen and David Bowie and whatever. So like, and and Bruce Springsteen in so many ways too is kind of always struck me as had, had that. I mean, obviously, you know, his, he wore working class clothes, but like. Born to Run has so much glam in it to oh, me. Oh, for you know sure. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All that, like, all that, like, you know, word jive and epic, epic structures. It was just like, you know, screen for rappers, like self, self fantasizing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm, that's, you know, what I grew up listening to and, and it was just in the water. So when it came Time to write Ballad Maxwell Demon. It was just there. I mean, it was honestly, I don't, I've certainly had as much pleasure writing songs, but I don't know if I've ever had more pleasure. Like, nice. than sitting down and being like, oh, finally. <laughs> you know? It's like someone just waved the checkered flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we exactly. are. <laughs> yeah. And it also, and especially because, you know, it was towards the end of Shutter Stink. We're trying to figure out what to do with our lives. And we thought, we're like, oh, well, let's, let's become like a soundtrack band. Like right, we right. can do all the different kinds of music we want. We can still make Shutter Stink records. We can produce stuff for other people. We can compose score. Almost like a sound house, but like a bespoke, a bespoke like Shutter Stink sound house. Right. Um, it was a great idea, but it didn't work out because, um, Nathan, Needed to quit. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan needed to do his own thing and, and do, I think Stu really just wanted to play in a band. You know, I can't blame the guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't blame either of them. You know, it, like I totally get, like, that Nathan needed to do his own thing and Stu was like, okay, but this isn't really what I had in mind. Did you ever, so, uh, the, the sticks behind the music, there, there's a point where Tommy Shaw's talking to the behind the music folks about his reasons for, for quitting. This is around the time of uh, Kilroy was here. He says, yeah, yeah, I just couldn't write any more songs about robots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, our, ours was so... That was, maybe that's what Stu was starting to feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I said, so far, cry from DC Hardcore. And, um, <laughs> but but that's not actually true. It's just like, we all loved all the same music. And we all loved each other. It was just like a bad moment. Right. And, um, and, and you've been doing we, it for a while. I mean, it's like been, you guys have been not, you know. Oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've been together for like 12 years or 11 years by that point. So, so getting to these soundtracks was like a nice little respite and really kind of re-stoked the fire for a set. And like, we all love doing Thought of Mind because we all love that music. Of course, yeah. And yeah. There, was, there was no question. It was like, of course we want to do it you know, like a glam homage. But it was important to me, as it always is, with like all the songs I wrote for Wet Hot American Summer, um, and for any, for any like, or, or that Teddy Spire and I wrote for Wet Hot American Summer, anything that's like, I mean, not that it's all the gold mines of spoof, that needed to sound like the real deal. Yeah, 
right. I felt like it bought, for, for lack of a better term, I felt it actually bought more authenticity into the movie and kind of let you get past more of the, all right, guys, sort of parts that, oh, that, 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 that are in there. Because it is like, especially where it's like, oh, yeah, that I could see that being... You know, a uh, you know ballot of uh, you know a Ziggy Stardust kind of situation where yeah, yeah totally. I, I buy it. I totally yep. buy it. Yep, that's great. That that is um, a very high compliment. I appreciate it. Um, and it was also the final hurrah. <laughs> yeah. So how does how is that? You know, and I mean, actually, did, did the movie do well? Because it definitely developed a cold audience. But I don't remember like uh, I, I don't I don't think it did well commercially necessarily, but I. It's known. Um, Everyone knows that movie. Yeah, it's very known. I mean, it's kind of like to expect that movie to make a commercial splash. It's like expecting Tony Best Records to, you know, they to hit the top 100. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I suppose it's possible. I wouldn't place some money bet on it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah. yeah. What a world that would be in that we would live in and yeah. that could happen. Yeah. But yeah, I kind but of then we, wouldn't, then, we, then we wouldn't have it if I were Right, exactly. And when have yeah. that authorship and that, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Josh. But I did feel the same way about Higher and Higher, too, actually, is that it's, it encapsulates all the best parts about that, that 80s montage, training up to do the thing. <laughs> yeah. Do the thing. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. Live your <laughs> dreams. Blah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really fit that. It, it took the movie to the next level as well for me. It and beyond. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a that was a high water mark for me and and Teddy. We were, we were like when when we when we were working on that song, like you know we're we're definitely feeling it. <laughs> like, and we looked at each other, and Teddy said to me, he was like, he was like, how do you feel about the fact that this is going to be the best thing that either of us? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know man. if that was exactly what he. I don't know if that was exactly what he said, or, or maybe he said something like, "This is going to be the most popular thing that any of us ever did." Right. And I was like, I was like, I feel fucking great about it. Yes. <laughs> I feel <laughs> fine about it. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, well, and, and so on that. Um, in talking about you know cult stuff, like whole the wet hot American summer, it, it kind of. It has has had a couple of lives, and it's continued to be a thing that people discover. And you know, part of which is because they've found new and more inventive ways to just ridiculously keep the, keep keep it going yeah. while being self aware at the same time, which I feel like right. makes it a product of its times. Yeah, but I mean, that's another thing where you know, it, it, the casual viewer might be like, "Oh crap, he was in that. Oh, he wrote that. He wrote that. Man. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't there's make you a, a household lot, name a lot either. Of- there's I mean, a lot of far-flung stuff. Like, it's always been a problem, and it was probably in Shattered Pink, even, where it was like, see, there's all this stuff we want to do, but everybody, like, says you have to just do one thing, but it's all really awesome and fun, and it doesn't feel different to me. It just feels like, it just feels like joy, or like music, or, you know, I don't know. So, focusing on that, that's something that I find fascinating, that especially... I think that when an artist finds some degree of uh, connection with with an audience at a thing, there's almost this human nature for a lot of folks to want to just oh cool keep doing more of that thing. I want I want sure. to I want to experience more of that thing that I know that you're yeah. good at, rather than like well yeah. 
really, there's, you know, there's 52 cards in this deck, bucko, and like, we're, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be dealing this for a while. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, from looking at it from the perspective of yourself as an artist, like, how do you feel, you know, some stuff, some stuff lands better than others, right? Sometimes you're like, ah, well, yep. that didn't quite connect the way that I exactly wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that can be a heartbreaker sometimes, right? It's, oh my god! I mean, I, it, it's most, it's almost always a heartbreaker. Yeah. You know, like it, it. I've learned. I've changed my relationship to the heartbreak. <laughs> you know, so that it sort of doesn't sideline me. Sure. But I acknowledge it. I mean, it's heartbreaking because everything I make, I want to hit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say it needs to be like Taylor Swift hit, but like I want it to hit. I want it to connect with people the same way that I'm connected with it. Right. right? Yeah. And I want it to connect with like a lot of people that way, or at least, you know, pe- at least connect with people who I know are out there who I think might love it. Right. Um, and that has almost never happened in my career. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that to be self pity. No, no, no. But it's, it's. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's part of the, the problem of the paragon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know, but, but, but at the same time, commercially, I like to do a lot of different stuff. It doesn't all make. You know, this quadrant doesn't know about that quadrant. Like wet hot doesn't. The wet hot quadrant doesn't know about. The high art quadrant. The high art quadrant mm-hmm. doesn't know about the Shutter to Think quadrant. Yeah. The Shutter to Think quadrant doesn't know about like my solo stuff quadrant. It just has frankly like eluded me to a certain extent. Like how to sensibly, um, uh, you know, I don't know. The Reconcile that. Reconcile the yeah, uh, different well, factions. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I can But like, I mean, I've reconciled it to a certain extent within myself. Like, my life is great, and I love the stuff I get to do. And like, you know, I've done, I've had a a great time, and and like, it's you know, pretty good success doing it. But it's more like if you picture the galaxy, um, like I, I I haven't been able to come up with the term. Galaxy. I haven't figured out how to turn it into a coherent galaxy for people. Sure. Okay. I, I get you. No, 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 no. I get that because it's almost yeah. like you want people to be able to visit the individual planets and yeah. be aware that they're but, planets rather than you know. There's well, there's a dragon that moves the sun around and then you know, moves the moon yeah. around. <laughs> so <laughs> totally. And we, and we love those whatever, people too, but. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes, that's exactly right. Exactly. So I mean, so that's the only thing I had to like reconcile. But it's still something I work on. I'm like, there is a solution to this Rubik's cube. You know. Well, and and ta- so the one thing that I guess we haven't really talked about so far is is doing the solo stuff. And I was actually, as you playing some of the some of the live footage uh, before the show, and you know, it's really interesting because it's the kind of thing where. I think if you know, like if you're someone like, oh yeah, sure to think was a good band. I had those records. Then you can, you, there's something for you to get something out of it, but you yeah. don't need to have that front loaded. 
at all. Like it's it can kind of just like exist on its own as sort of like oh this 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 is interesting. This isn't your normal singer songwriter, right? <laughs> coffee house person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it makes perfect sense to me. But, you know. but but then it, was it something where is that just you know that's how it comes out, or is that something where you're like eh, I don't want to be like these. I almost said Jacob Marley. I meant Jacob Dylan. Whoops. Wow. <laughs> I love Jacob Marley. I my name is Jacob Marley, and that is the galaxy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Connect it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 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 so, when you when you're not going out with with your friends and and you, these kind of musical compatriots, you have this telepathy with or whatever, and, and you know it's it's like okay, all, all eyes forward. Like this is this is what's happening. It it's it. Are you approaching it differently? Is it kind of just coming from more of a different place, or what? I don't. Um, I don't know. Not to say I don't really think about it, but that's not true. I do think about it, but but I don't. It 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 as it always has. It comes from my gut and from my heart, it, and when it feels like the right um, balance, that's what I perform. You know what I mean? Gotcha. gotcha. Um, Balance of old stuff, balance of new stuff, balance of ways I want to be doing new stuff, balance of ways, new ways I want to be doing old stuff, of old ways I want to be doing old stuff. I just don't, I, I don't, because most of what I do comes from the same place, um, it, it doesn't, like, I don't really distinguish between, um, funeral at the movies and, you know, Music that I'm doing for the music that I do for Glow or something like right. that. Oh, God, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, it's just it's just music that I love that I get to make, and so whatever other seems to make sense for whatever venue, um, I just do. You know, so if a piece of Glow music makes sense when I'm playing a live show, which has my recent solo stuff mixed with, however, I'm playing Shutter Think stuff these days, I'll just put it in there, because it doesn't make sense to me, you know, which, which, which probably means that I'm just blockheaded and stubborn, but I don't know, it just feels right, it's very still like that. So, a couple places to go there, one thing I want to say is, do you, do you feel that when you do the solo shows, and you're playing the show to think songs, do you, do you feel that it hits in the same way, or do you think that... Because I found that sometimes people can get something different out of a song uh, presented mm-hmm. in a different context. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure to think songs, they're dense. There's a lot There's yeah. a lot of layers. There's a lot, there's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah. You, you, guys are, you guys are real busy. Like like I said, with yeah. the... Again, how can you back to the starting starting things off of Pony Express with Hit Liquor? It's like, oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, it's a bold statement. So, But the songs are good songs, so they... They hold up. So do you find that uh, you know? Do you, does the audience seem to get something different out of it? Do you get something different out of it with having it in that different context? Um, I sometimes well, there, there are certain extreme examples that I definitely get something different out of. Like the first time I played Hit Liquor acoustic, I was like, "This is great! I'm going to play the acoustic forever." Yeah, that's it. Makes me, that's it makes awesome. no sense. It makes exactly. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like such a pleasure, and it reminded me. I was like, "Oh wait, that liquor was written on an acoustic guitar. It was written on a nylon string acoustic guitar, oh, wow, right?" Wow. Yeah. So like, so of course it makes sense to me, you know. <laughs> right. But right. like, 
you know, so, so it's interesting. Some stuff works. That's the stuff I keep. Some stuff doesn't work, so I don't do it as a, you know, when I'm just playing by myself, I'll do it if I have a band. And some stuff is sort of experimental, where I'll just say to the audience, I'm like, I'm going to try a trench with just me and a car, and it's going to be somehow even slower than the record, <laughs> but that feels like the groove that it needs to be. I'm like, I'm yeah, yeah. genuinely, legitimately asking you, you know, for feedback. Yeah. Um, and it's not like my audiences are so massive that it's impersonal. So, I mean, you know, we have a conversation about it <laughs> like, yeah. afterwards. Um, and that's sometimes how I figure this stuff out. Well, and that's something where, you know, someone, if someone's at one of your shows, they're probably going to be relatively open-minded uh, about things. So it, it's kind I of, would think so, especially, especially at this point. Yeah, you know? so it allows you an opportunity to kind of push things and, and pull things and try, try some different stuff. Totally. And, uh, you know, but it is it is fascinating to me that just how things can connect differently when the volume is lower. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's interesting. Like, the dynamics haven't changed, but it's like the whole shelf has come down. So, like, the, the, the low volume is much softer, and right. the high volume is much softer, but the dynamic range between that low and high volume is no different than it ever was. Sure. Yeah, it's just a matter. It's like size and scale. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just like the whole thing has been like scaled. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> so, uh, I hope so. Uh, and we and we touched a little bit upon it with with the music for Glow, which I quite enjoy. And I, and I say this as of the two people talking to you on this show, I am not the wrestling fan. <laughs> you don't I, have to. I, I don't dislike it. It's fine. I'm yeah. into like comic books and other stuff that's easily mockable and, and esoteric. Yeah. And like I appreciate uh-huh. the love that people, the love and joy that people get out of it. I can appreciate even if I do not care for the product mm-hmm. itself. But I unambiguously love the show, Glow, and everything about it. So what I think things I find fascinating is how how you do '80s music without being a cliche. Mm. Um. That's an interesting question. I mean, I hope that the answer is because we're certainly deploying many cliches. Um, gleefully. And. Gleefully cliche appearing next Saturday. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I suppose, I suppose it's, you know, maybe it's the same answer as this Wet Hot, even though Wet Hot's obviously absurd and Glow is more dramatic. Um, or more earthbound. Um, it it's just write good music, you know. Like you can. Uh, that's you what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> oh shit! Damn. But, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like we can use we can use like dive bombs and hammer-ons and lind drums and you know and like DX seven DX seven like like synth horn. But, and all of that's fine and it's really fun so long as the actual composition is, um, is connected to, to, to the picture and to the characters and connected to us, you know, me and my team, like, we're working it so that, you know, make sure it's like this music that we love and that, and that resonates and then you can have all the fun you want. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you're using some, like, using the, the language of the 80s to, yeah. and you've, but you're obviously 
filtering it through your sensibilities and through the sensibilities of the show. I don't. I don't even know if it's through my sensibilities. It's like having grown up again, like in Cleveland in Around the eighties. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's like doing Maxwell Demon. You know, it's just in there. Gotcha. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. in your it's in your blood somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but it's, 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 for me, it's fascinating because for whatever reason, and if you had asked me years ago if this is how it would play out, I feel like 80s pop, but a certain type of 80s pop, this has had multiple resurgences and never seems to go away, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's something where I'm like, yeah, really? That's coming around again, huh? Where, where it's like, all right. It's fascinating, it, really. It's, it, it is fascinating. It's the longest decade in history, for sure. <laughs> right. No, maybe the 60s have, you know, rivaled it, but definitely the 60s and the 80s. I mean, there's the 2000s. I'm, I was trying to think if it was like a every other 20 years, but the 2000s aren't going to do it. But the, <laughs> and the 40s, and the 40s didn't do it. Yeah. 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 Something, something linked with like the pop and the rock and roll sort of aspects of it and how maybe that rock and roll had come on so strongly between the 40s and the 60s. And then from the 60s to the 80s, it was a slower change. Yeah. Yes. Although, although the difference in the way music sounds between the 60s and the 80s is so much more radical yeah. Yeah. than the difference in the way music sounds between, like, 98, like, at the dawn of, or the resurgence of boy bands, yeah. and 2018. Yeah. It's stasis, almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of everything. It's just sort of flattened out. Because, I mean, for sure, the most creative, like, boundaryless music, I mean, pop music maybe ever is being made mm. right now. Well, because but, yeah, um, because it almost like, the, the yeah, the, the fire hose of availability of everything kind of allows it to be like one yeah. booyah base of, of badassery. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, or, or, that's the idea. Or, or, of, of badassery or just like bad. Yeah, badass like or bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just like bad, bad ass. Exactly. Oh, nicely played. Well, but then it's also interesting to me that, you know, as you, as you say, that, you know, kind of people, like, taking stock of what was important and what has held up over time, yet still no justice for Devo, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know, man. That that well, would be you know the cure though. You know cure, what? awesome, but like really, just no devil. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. Although I do think sometimes when I'm thinking about Shutter to Think, I'm like, you know, you reap what you sow. Right, exactly. You're not. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. It's like yeah. if you're if you're if you're establishing yourself as anti-establishment, and you're establishing yourself as not not this or that, like, ultimately you will probably not be or get this or that. Right. But yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just sort of like, oh, God. <laughs> it's a road. It's, you're taking a road, yeah. right? And then yeah. you, can, you, mm-hmm. can take a, you can take the freeway, or you can take the surface streets. And, yeah, you uh, can go Go all the way Phoenix, off-road. Yeah. You, you can you grab yourself a four-wheeler and go where there's no road. And maybe someone yeah. behind you can find, like, the half-road that you made <laughs> by blundering wildly into the wilderness. Is this a trail? Yeah, Devo made it. Yeah. Follow the... Follow the... Follow the spud poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, what... You guys, I, I have to go, unfortunately. I, I, was, I, was just, I was just about to say, I know that you're, you're pressed for time. 
Uh, yeah. and, and Craig, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time. It was well. so fun talking to you guys. Anytime you want to do it. But the, the last thing that, that I want to say, we always ask these questions, folks, uh, is, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, uh, because of the way music makes me feel, and I want to um, infect others with that feeling. It's, it's good. It's succinct, too. Yeah. It's a good one. That's it. That's yeah. Yeah, you're you're a man that uh, can speak in sound bites, and I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Craig, thank you so much, man. It's 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 so great to talk to you. I really uh, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Total pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, huh? Talk to you soon. All right, Craig. Thanks. There he goes. All right. Mouths of finger fan courtship. The case of her bones are softer than loose meat. A day on the belt, so surely I'll get thin. Really rock home, dead. Courtship. The case of her bones are softer than loose meat. Day on the belt, so surely I'll get thin. Wanna watch?
little uh, hit liquor coming at you. Yeah, one more time right. for the people in the cheap seats. Hey, can you hear hey, me? Hey, everybody. Let's hear. Let's hear. Rice on a cracker. Oh let's, boy. Let's hear another. Uh, let's hear another tune. Oh, I was actually going to do. You know, we talked about it enough. Let's. Um, you know, we are controversial. We like to play the hits now and again. So every once in a while. You. I saw you screaming up the top floor Big window crash, I'm deaf So what'd you have to do that for? Him And giving it up that you a little foil You can't return 
sir. May I have a little jam? Mm, damn good, That's Mr. Maxwell, jab. Ma- Maxwell Demon there with the... Uh, uh, well, it started to think with the, the ball- was a ballad of Maxwell Demon. I closed the fucking window. I don't know. <laughs> that one song from the thing there. It's uh, from uh, that uh, Velvet Goldmine movie there. Velvet Goldmine, the film, the Todd Haynes film. Very homoerotic. It's uh, lots of gl- uh, several loosely based Roxy music, David Bowie, Iggy Pop. Very loosely. Glam things. Glammy, yeah. Glam things. If you like glam. If you don't like glam, I'm not really sure it. why you would have tuned in this week. <laughs> if, they, if you Frankly. don't like glam. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> 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 it seems a little aggressive, doesn't it? It's a little, it? little much, you know. If go you do like, something else. There we go. That's you, much better. You don't like glam? Go, go uh, on Spotify and check out a T-Rex album. I, I, I could see what that being in a bumper sticker, though. But like, <laughs> oh, it'd be sure. like, if you don't like glam and it's like literally silver, right. like, you know, like the, the font got is... got a couple boots on there. Yeah, it's reflective. Then, you know, yeah, go, fuck go fuck yourself. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Holy crap, that was Craig. Oh, man. Before that, we had a, a little French. song called X French T-shirt, which I... I, I that song, it's just one of those songs. It's a crazy-ass song. There are a few songs in my life, like there's um, uh, um, there's a Harvey Milk song like that, there's a Lush song like that, where certain things... You, you gotta imagine, like, somebody sat down, whether it's with the band or not, but, like, some... One to four people sat down and wrote that song. How? How? <laughs> right. How does that? How does that come out of? A, a right, here's people? the part. I'm just gonna kind of do this for like a really, really long time. And see, we're gonna have, we're gonna stop, and then there's gonna be five hits. Yeah. But then we'll stop again, and then there's gonna be three hits. I think. Why? But then and maybe because longer. I said so. Yeah. And, <laughs> I feel like it. That's that's why. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 just one of the Seems magical. Fun. Seems cool. Magical things of songwriting to me. <laughs> right. like the, I can't remember the name. I'm forgetting the Harvey Milk song, but it's on the first album. It's just like, so in the middle of the song, it's just oh, going right. to break into Saturn by Holst. Yeah. Like, huh? Just because reasons. <laughs> and then I'm going to sing along with it. And then when I can't sing any higher, then the lady's voice is going to come in. <laughs> and then it's going to be the same part over and over again. And on we go. Yeah. And the song's done. Like, just, just, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just got to be confusing ideas <laughs> just like how did how does a brain do so in the pantheon thing? of confusing ideas yeah. <laughs> like it can be simple but it's just just Say it's not more of the aries of uh confusing ideas, yeah, ideas. maybe maybe yeah. the mercury i don't know <laughs> sort of thinks more of the mercury and i think harvey milk is more of the aries okay <laughs> I'll, I'll stand by that actually. all right that was, that was extemporaneous I, I thought about that not at all and then here it is and here it is and that's the kind of neutron story <laughs> That's great. I'm I'm excited too. Now I want to compose like a Barney Miller style theme song. Because I think that'd be fun as hell. (laughs) Well, just like how Mouse had that band um, that he was trying to do that they never played out, but. Ah, what the fuck? A car chase. Oh. The band was called called Car Chase. (laughs) And it was literally, like, think of like every, like, 70s. TV show or movie yeah, where there's like, like the car chasing and there's like the music where it's kind of it's like it's kind of funky, kind of rocking, but so like, kind of like like library music. Yeah, it's like library. some of that stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, like literally, they wrote songs to sound like car chase music. That's awesome. It's called car chase, and I wish it would have recorded because oh man, I was like on on sheer hootspot alone. Yeah, what like, an idea. Oh, well, that's a fantastic idea, man. There's 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 plenty of stuff like that out there, but uh, so we should be doing it now. Yeah, 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 yeah making it fresh. Cause that's the thing. Like I, um, I was at uh, Acme for their anniversary. Acme uh, Records in Milwaukee. Records, yes, uh, just a few a uh, few weeks ago, like a month ago. And uh, your friend of mine, Christopher Schulist yeah, of yes. the Vanguard, was playing records, and he pulls out this record. And it's just like 
called The Hanged Man. It's just like, doesn't look like anything familiar. Okay. He puts the record on, starts it. It's the fucking theme, the People's Court. <laughs> but full, At the like, jump. The full three-minute theme. It's just like, oh. That, that's the uh, set the rules of debate early. Yeah. <laughs> Move. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. It's like, and it's this whole fucking record. It's just like, like, like funky, tense yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah, and they just happen to pull it out of the library, and yeah, that's yeah. their theme. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's exactly, some uh, some some composer cranked out seven other songs that sound exactly like that, or right, if of some more ethos. <laughs> it was like, honey, <laughs> you bring in the laundry. We're buying a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Our ships come in at last. That's right. After 15 years of cranking this out, and then royalties for the rest of your goddamn life. Exactly. Any kids' life, probably. Even if they're still using that music, they probably are. Yeah, just come on. Of course they are. Uh, but I love stuff like that. We were uh, been uh, DJing between bands, and you know, it's the heavy, loud bands. Crank up the theme from Taxi right after that. Just oh yeah, feel good. <laughs> yeah, a little Bob James for everybody. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Why am I fucking singing it when I can just play it? Ooh, this is this is what there used to be a lot more of this nonsense as as a show. <laughs> and then I got away from it and we get to look back. Here here we are bringing it back. Oh yeah, feels good. Yeah, listen to those horns. Pianette going on there. I think that's Honer. Take it easy there, Al Jarose. What leads to negative reviews on iTunes, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Me doing this crap. <laughs> well, too bad. Maybe, maybe take a second before you post that review and have a little relaxation. That's right. Chill it out. Lay back. Smooth sound. Now he's little Chuck Mangione. <laughs> That's right. Because it feels so good. Well, it's, and I, I like how the uh, the album version like they go deeper. Oh yeah! Like if you ever listened, to, I think it was. Oh, I know exactly what happened. It was it was the fiftieth episode. Uh, Mike Murkowski and um, well, and Chris Fry from, from Porch, but Mike Murkowski's in from Hawaii. So I was like, oh, we're gonna play the Hawaii Five O song because it's the Five O episode, right? The song goes with, deep. You went with like, the Ventures album version. It, it, it like yeah. it like goes like. <laughs> There's several movements that most people don't know. Much like this song. Yeah, it's still still getting into it. Yeah, in the show, we're 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 well into wacky antics, and we're off the bridge. Lock has showed up, and uh, this is uh, freaking cutting cutting up with uh, Danny DeVito and um, Christopher Lloyd over there. Christopher Lloyd's all busy running around. Tony Dan's is Tony. Being Tony. Tony and Tony over here. Angela. Oh wait, rock song. No, the song is called Angela. That's it. Worked in my brain. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, the on the original Bob James album cut is called Angela. I did not know that. Bringing you something new every day here That's on right. Protonic Reversal. Here on Protonic Reversal. 
sonic reversal. Fuck yeah, Bob James! Yeah, man. Is Craig have a website or something? He's all over the internet. Oh, he must have. He's, he's on. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's probably on Instagram. He's on. Uh, he's on. He's on stuff. He's on, he's on Spotify. He's on Pandora. He's oh, on, sure. All yeah. over the things. Uh, I think he actually has a. Does he actually have a website? Yeah, Craig. Yeah, CraigWestern.com yeah. is exactly what you think it's going to well, be. Well, fancy that. Uh, oh yeah, we should play something uh, here. Let's actually we're gonna we're gonna play something off of Adult Sire here, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I randomly tried to look up his website so I could remember that. <laughs> okay, we'll be back after this.
Coming at you! Oh, got, got, got some Toto Africa coming up next. Oh yeah! <laughs> not kidding. That was an actual suggested next track, and yeah, that's not happening. Oh no, we should not. We do Rosanna instead. You want a Rosanna? That's right. Yeah. Hey, hey! Don't change the dial. That's right. You are here. The one, the only. Protonic reversal. Tune in. Wait, you're tuning in. I already. Yeah. <laughs> tune, browser in. Keep, keep tuning in. Oh boy. Um, you want to talk about uh, throw a little. Preview. He's got a lot of speed. Hit live stream there. A little bit of malware on the computer here. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, what were we get? What were we gonna talk about? Well, uh, that, that's an amazing "Do the Thing, Achieve the Goal" <laughs> kind of like song. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's perfect. That's yeah, uh, it's, per- it's written it's, to theme in the best possible way. Absolutely, just the the the. It was higher and higher after Wet Hot American yes. Summer first 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 day of camp. No, 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 no! It's from the it's from that's the, from the original, original movie. one, the okay. movie, the, the movie, the film, the soundtrack <laughs> to the motion picture, right? Wet Hot American <laughs> Summer, featuring the finest double take of all time. By oh Paul, yeah, by Paul Rudd. That's right. <laughs> the, the ageless Paul Rudd. <laughs> the ageless Paul Rudd. It's ridiculous. And before that, we had uh, something by by Craig. That was I've. That's the one that's uh. Well, it's a adult something. Title? Adult desire. Adult desire is the album. <laughs> that's the name of it. I had two words, and I was like, it's like adult something, adult situations. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, isn't that a, isn't that a, a Hall & Oates song? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, it's a Drunk Horse album title, too. Uh, uh, that was always my private joke. It's like adult situations, like going to work know. and paying the bills. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> fucking adult situations. My, I got to renew situation. my li- driver's license. That's a fucking adult situation. Get an adult situation for you right here. Oh. It's about paying taxes. Hey, yo! yo. <laughs> Right, that's, that's quite enough of that. Uh, that's. Mm. <laughs> what you what you want to talk about? You had something you want to talk about? Oh, uh, a minute one to of, it. The twenty seventh, uh, our show on the twenty seventh. Oh. We'll wrap up for the end of the <laughs> Oh, year. this show. Yeah, this show. <laughs> the one we're on now. Protonic reversal. Uh, stay tuned, live listeners. December twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen. 
I don't have any echo to put in my voice. I'm busy doing something else. Uh, best of the year live call-in show. That's what? right. We want to speak to you. We want to hear right. from you, listeners, about what this, what what was the best stuff that you heard in 2018. Give your incorrect opinion. We will tell you what is wrong with it. Yes. Really? We won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to take advantage of this uh, live line situation. Uh, it's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, let's this, do a thing. I, I, th- I think people are... Let me just take credit for this idea completely, I guess. But <laughs> let's... let's um, let, You know, this whole, like, end-of-year list. Yeah, we get it. List. Cool. We're, we're going to make this neat. Yeah. We, we got, we got, we got, there's a lot of music to cover. There's a lot of music I haven't even listened to yet. And that's a... That's a me problem. That's not a you problem. Yeah. But, it, but we'll, I'll, I'll listen to it by the time we get to the point that we're going to play it. It's going it's to be a good time. There's Last time we did something like this was... Uh, is this thing on? Fuck's sake. This is like episode 40 or something. And yeah. that was the uh, What Song Should Be Hamilton cover. Oh. Thing. And that, that, oh. Was, that was good. So yeah. I hope to have the same level of fun. Okay. It's going to be a live experience. You can listen to the podcast, but you will not be on the phone. <laughs> You can go ahead and talk to that talk to that podcast all you want. It's ain't gonna be. They ain't gonna good answer good. you. <laughs> if it does, call a doctor, Ooh. medical or otherwise. Are we going? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's twenty. So that's yeah, two weeks from now. Yeah, it could be show next week. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 whatever. Check your local internet. The important thing is to remember to tune in and have your phones ready on the twenty seventh of December, two thousand eighteen. And also tune in next week. Yeah. The show's called Conan Trust Controversial, and we thank you very much for listening to it. You can find it Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. On Radio Nope. RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. I always forget that we're drive time on the Pacific Coast. We are. I, well, I didn't listen to this show when I was right, but I would listen to other Radio Nope programs. Sure. Saying. Spend a lot of time in traffic, my friend. Um, RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Don't at me. Last episode will be up soon. Um, RadioNope.com is your source for 24-7 kick-ass tunes. Programming, we got Brian Musikoff's Music On with Music Off coming up next. It's Shuffle. Yeah, it's iTunes Shuffle. Not like Shuffle Music. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. It's, um, it should be interesting. I'm sure it will. Brian Music has a hell. Brian Musikoff has a hell of a music collection. It's true. Radio Note was basically my music collection for a solid six to seven months when it started. Everyone, but I was confident to DJ. Not to like you know dislocate a shoulder, patting myself on the back. I'm like, well, goddamn, a little better. I'm <laughs> spent like twenty years out tearing into like a record collection. Anyway. Uh, all things Craig Wedron, CraigWedron.com. Um, he's on the stuff too, the things. That's it. Check you later.
any color at all. Welcome to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener! Can you hear me now? If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day This had been a real emergency. 